0: You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast, where you'll learn step by step how to meet and seduce beautiful women, whether you're looking for one night of fun, a week long fling, or a long term relationship. I'm your host, Tripp, and the episode starts now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. Today, I'm doing an interview with Connor Beaton of Man Talks. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you know him or of him in the podcast world. He's got a popular podcast, which I just told you, Man Talks. And it's all over. It's on Spotify. It's on Stitcher. It's on iTunes, just like this one. And I'm so excited to have him on here. We've set this... Up about, I don't know, maybe a month or six weeks ago. And finally, I was able to get him on the podcast. He is just a wealth of information. He's got so much stuff to talk about. And we decided to dive into one interesting topic this real cool technique that he has, or this kind of system and mindset technique that he has for being able to really achieve anything you're trying to achieve. So, a lot of high achieving men. Use this to be able to accomplish their goals. So, anywhere you see that you're having trouble with in your dating life, anywhere in your health, anywhere in your relationships, anywhere with your work, anywhere in your life, you could use this. And he breaks down very specifically exactly what to do. Okay. So, we go over all this in this episode. Again, talking about this cool thing that he's kind of come up with from reading and studying different psychologists and experts around the world. And he uses it with guys that he coaches and that he works with in terms of doing his uh, his podcast, his men's weekends. And really, it's, uh, it's cool stuff. Nothing I've ever heard before. And I approve of it. 100% really cool stuff here. I know I'm being so vague. I just don't want to go into it because I want you to listen to it. I want you to hear it exactly how it's supposed to be told by Connor himself. So Get ready to hear that in just a minute. Don't forget, if you need coaching, if you need help, go to coachedbytrip.com and apply today to work with me. I know right now it's a crazy time in the world and some people are are saying no I don't need coaching right now and and it's not the time because you know we're social distancing we're not going out there and meeting each other however you have to understand that this is one of the best times to do coaching because there's a lot of stuff to work on besides actually going out and meeting women there's a ton of stuff to be worked on so finally when we do go out there and do get you out there you're going to be fully prepared okay so I want you to apply today at coachedbytrip.com let me help you don't do this alone. If you feel like you're stuck, if you feel you need that guidance and some of that hand holding, that push, that accountability, that's what it's here for. So don't delay. Go to coachedbytrip.com now so you can apply and get on my calendar so we can start coaching. It is full at this point. So we are 100% packed, but there is still room in four to five weeks to get you in there. So the sooner you apply, The sooner we can get you on the schedule and let me guide you through the whole process of meeting and attracting women and having the dating life that you freaking deserve. You deserve it. Do this for yourself. Let me help you. Don't do this alone. Don't just rely on the podcast. Don't just rely on my YouTube channel or even my courses. Get her hooked. Okay. Don't just rely on that. If you feel that's not helping you and you want to get results faster, that's where coaching comes in. So, apply as soon as possible. CoachBytrip.com, and I will reach out to you via text or via email for us to set up a call to see if coaching is a good fit for you. Okay? All right. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Let's get into it. Here's my interview with Connor Beaton. Check it out. All right. I'm here with Connor Beaton from Man Talks, a very popular podcast. And I'm just really excited to have him on here. It's always exciting to have a fellow podcaster on as well and uh, and just, just jam on some stuff. And so we were talking about some things earlier. We're going to be getting into the topic of of masculine, feminine, dominant, submissive yin-yang. We'll, we'll be diving into that in just a minute here. But for those of you who have not listened to Connor's podcast or seen his man talks, maybe Connor, you can give us a little background on what you do and how you got started in all of this.
1: Yeah, awesome, man. Well, thank you so much and uh, appreciate you having me on the show. I am. You know, in lockdown in Vancouver, so I, I feel a little guilty that as a fellow podcaster, I have a crappy mic today. <laughs> um, so I'll just put that out there. But I started Nantox probably about seven, seven or eight years ago, and it happened out of my own personal journey. Uh, I had switched careers, I had really hit like a rock bottom in my life, and before that, if you had met me on paper, it looked like I had sort of a lot of the things going on for me. I had a great career. I was traveling the world. I had a great relationship. You know, beautiful woman. And I just totally tanked it all. I destroyed the whole thing. Found myself living out of the back of my car for a few weeks because I was, you know, too stubborn and too full of pride to tell anybody that I had been really just like a wrecking ball, like taking a sledgehammer to my life. And finally, when I came out the other side, I started to have conversations with men in my life about what had been going on and how I'd been struggling and how I'd sort of screwed up. And I kept seeing the same thing happen over and over again, where when I told them about how I had been struggling and sort of took off the, the mask that I had been wearing as Connor Beaton and just was honest with them and transparent, I met the real version of them. And these were guys that I had known for a long time. And so I really hit home with a conversation with my best friend at the time told him everything that had been going on. And he, you know, I basically laid all the cards on the table and he he broke down and um, told me that he had tried to commit suicide a month and a half before that he tried to hang himself. And in that moment, I was like, how do I know everything about you? I know what type of scotch you like to drink. I know what TV shows you like to watch. I know what music do you like to listen to. But I had no idea that you were struggling so much that you had tried to take your own life. and. I was struggling so much that you didn't know that I was living on the back of my car for three weeks. Like, what the fuck's going on?
0: Yeah, where's that disconnect coming from?
1: Yeah, what's like, what is happening? And I started to realize that there's like this one rule of men that we all abide by, which is the same rule of Fight Club, right? It's just don't talk about it. And I started to see that a lot of men were living by this one rule of men. And so when they were struggling in their relationship or with sexual performance anxiety or in their business or in their health, they just weren't talking about it. And so I created Man Talks as a space to be able to dig into some of the shit that we're all dealing with, you know, that, that we pretend like isn't happening behind the scenes. And started off as an event. It grew into mastermind groups and men's groups, podcasts. And, you know, now I lead and facilitate men's weekends and retreats and all over North America. I have clients from all over North America. We've got the podcast. And I'm fortunate enough to have marriage and family therapist. So my wife and I do some co-ed retreats with couples and, and singles. So yeah, that's, wow. that's how it all started off.
0: That's awesome. Tell us a little bit. I'm curious, how, how do these men's weekends go down? What do you guys do in a typical weekend?
1: Yeah, so we do a little bit of everything. I, I teach breath work. I'll teach meditation. We do some, some movement and some working out just to kind of like get into the body. And we really cause the guys to sort of face... The parts of themselves that they normally wouldn't want to, to disclose. So my work is really steeped in what's called shadow work. So Carl Jung, who is a really well-known psychologist in the early 20th century, he broke the psyche down into the conscious, the conscious mind, the subconscious, and the unconscious mind. And in the unconscious mind, there's something called the shadow, and the shadow is, you know, I, another word that I use for it is the hurt locker. It's basically where we take our pain, our insecurities, the parts of ourselves that we don't like, and we store it all in this one area of our psyche. And that's the shadow. And that's the part of us that we hide from the world. So the things that we don't want to talk about, the things that we want to avoid, we generally put it in the shadow. And the problem with that is that the shadow is the main sabotaging mechanism within the psyche. It's the thing that Controls your inner critic. So, you know, when you're out on a date with, you know, a woman, it starts chirping. It's like, you're not good enough. She's never going to hook up with you. She's never going to want to date you. Like, you're a fucking loser. That's the shadow, right? It's fueling the inner critic to start chirping in those moments. So at the men's weekends, you know, we get the guys together and they do physical work. They do mental work. But the big part of it is that we focus in on shadow work. And so that might mean that. We're in a in a circle, and I'll pull a guy into the middle, and I will get him into his inner critic, this part of him that is weighing him down, holding him down, and we'll find like the origin story of what's built that inner critic. So it could have been a an abusive stepfather, it could have been uh, you know an overly critical mom, and have them go through doing the actual uh, work to heal that part of themselves, and then to set boundaries with their inner critic. One of the biggest challenges that a lot of men have is that their minds are untamed, right? So they have all these different parts of their mind that are just running rampant and causing a shit show. And no one's ever taught them how to actually just set boundaries with these different parts of their mind, with the inner critic, with the sabotage with the victim. And so men are out there trying to date, trying to build companies and, and careers. And they have these parts of their mind, they're just running a shit show. And they have no idea how to set boundaries with it, or or put those parts in their place, so that they can actually move forward and produce the results that they want.
0: Yeah, I like that setting boundaries with yourself. Yeah, 100%. they talk about that with setting boundaries in relationships, uh, friendships. You know, any any other person, but I've never really heard of that said within doing it with your because there's all these different parts of you, right, that are speaking. Is that kind of what you're saying here? All these parts yeah. that are speaking to you and, and setting boundaries with all these different voices inside of your head. 100%. Yeah,
1: I mean, boundaries start with us, right? Like if you want to set healthy boundaries in your life, you need to be able to set boundaries with yourself first and foremost. Like they, they always start with, with us. And for me, boundaries are just how I always describe it to, to men at the weekends is boundaries are just the filtration system that teach other people how to treat us. Right. So if you have porous boundaries in place, which are just poor, shitty boundaries, then you're teaching people that they can walk all over you. So most nice guys, for example, will have porous boundaries. They will set these covert contracts in place so that they don't actually have to ask for what they need in hopes that that'll please someone else and then they'll get their needs met. On the other end of the spectrum, you have guys that maybe have anger issues and aggression issues, and they generally have hyper. Uh, rigid boundaries. And those boundaries are are put in place to protect themselves, to protect other people from seeing their own insecurities, from seeing their own shortfalls and all the parts of themselves that they don't want the world to see. And that's somewhere in between there are healthy boundaries. And so we need to teach ourselves how to have healthy boundaries with ourselves. You know, like if you're watching five or six times a day and and jerking off and not getting anything done, you probably have poor boundaries with yourself, right? And a lot of guys have poor boundaries when it comes to their health, their wellness, their routines. A lot of guys have unhealthy boundaries when it comes to their own sense of discipline. And so starting to cultivate that is an incredibly important part of being a grounded, self-led man. And when women see that, they are naturally attracted to it. There is something... That is appealing to a woman when she can feel a man who has healthy boundaries with himself, who's able to tell himself no and keep himself sort of in check in certain ways. They just naturally feel safer with that.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. So let's, I actually like this. Let's dive deeper into this idea of boundaries. So let's lay it out. Where can a guy have boundaries within himself? I know you kind of said a few ideas. But let's go deeper. What are some like actual examples? In fact, I'll make this really easy for you. Maybe think about an example of a guy that you've worked with lately where you had to talk about this, or maybe in one of your weekends where he had some boundary issues with himself. Any examples here?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of them. So I'll, I'll give a fairly common example, which is a guy will get into a relationship and all of a sudden, you know, he maybe won't ask for the type of sex that he wants to explore. He won't be assertive and direct in terms of the, the type of intimacy that he wants to have with his partner. And, and so he'll immediately start turning to porn. And porn will become the, the sort of like crutch that is allowing him to explore what he wants sexually without actually having to ask for it. And that will s- slowly start to erode the sexual quality and quantity that's happening in the relationship. And then either he'll cheat or he'll leave. And I know that's very binary, but it's very black and white, but I'm just trying to make this simple. So where's the boundary in there? Well, first and foremost, the boundary is with him being able to own and identify the type of sexual exploration that he wants to have. So that might be setting a boundary of saying, okay, I'm not going to watch porn for a month or two because I want to start to just understand what type of sexual arousal that I have, of understanding like." What is, what is my actual sexual drive and desire feel like? When does it come up? What am I really attracted to? Because porn can be this thing that's very misleading a lot of times, and a lot of guys will. And I'm not hating on porn. Porn has a place for some people. I'm just saying that it can, be, it can be a crutch for a lot of men. So the first boundary is being able to say, okay, I'm going to create a space for myself to explore what I actually want sexually. The second boundary would be putting in place an actual like regiment or routine of of how you would do that. So you might keep a, a journal. There's journals out there like the sex journal where you can start to discover some of the pieces that you actually want to explore. The third boundary would be how you actually want to communicate those things to the women that you're dating. So you might set a boundary with yourself by saying, okay, if I'm attracted to this woman, then I'm going to set the boundary that I'm going to tell her. And if I am wanting to be... Sexual with her, like I said, the boundary, they're going to be very straightforward and forthcoming about that. And so you start to put in these boundaries with yourself of how you're going to act, behave, and communicate with women when you're dating with them so that you can fulfill on that very first sexual need. Does that land?
0: Yeah, that does. It does. Wow, that's, that's in-depth. I like that.
1: Yeah, so you start, to put the, you start to put the structure in, right? I mean, if people have ever listened to like Jordan Peterson he doesn't talk about boundaries, but you know a good example of this is like, make your bed. Right? I think he, he sort of dumbs it down to this very simple version of, if you want to cultivate discipline with yourself, you need to be able to have boundaries in place that allow you to operate and function in the ways that are going to produce the best results for you. So uh, another example of a boundary is with health, right? So some guys, you know, have shitty eating routines, and so a boundary that you might want to put in place is like, okay, I'm not going to buy my favorite junk food, right? Like for me, it's Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar chips. Those fucking things are just—they're like crack. I don't know what it is about them, but I just love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So it's like, okay, boundary. I'm not going to buy those damn chips, or the boundary is I'm going to buy them once a month and I'll enjoy them, right? And I, and then I'll have no shame and I'll have no guilt. Because I have set a very specific boundary with when I'm going to eat those chips and and uh, allow myself to like really fully enjoy them, and we can take that same very simple example and implement it in relationships, right? I, you can some guys will set a boundary around over communicating in the very beginning of a relationship, like maybe they're the, the classic nice guy that wants to constantly text you know, a hundred times a day and is at their, at the other person's beck and call. So maybe they set a boundary of communicating, you know, at a very specific time during the day. It's like, okay, I'll I'll respond to her text after work when I know I have the mental bandwidth and capacity to do that and stop responding when I'm, you know, in meetings with my boss because it's gonna get me in trouble.
0: I like it. Let's keep rolling. What else?
1: Yeah. Are there <laughs> other, other examples? Yeah. Well, I mean, boundaries are a are really, really interesting one, right? Because I think one of the things that is most of the time unknown about boundaries is that good boundaries require us to be in touch with clean anger. And I'm going to unpack this a little bit. Most guys... Either not most guys, but some guys have unhealthy relationships to their own anger, right? So they'll either have very aggressive anger that's outward and you know launched at people, or they'll have implosive anger, which means that they don't show their anger, they're disconnected from it. And if their anger does come up, it's usually self directed. And so when the anger comes up, they start to hate on themselves, and that's usually where the the inner critic comes in. It's like you're such a piece of garbage, etc. etc. So Healthy boundaries require us to understand when we are getting reactive, when we are feeling that anger. So for a lot of men, when they feel like their boundaries is being crossed, and this is where anger comes in, when they feel like their boundary is being crossed, they'll start to usually feel it in their hands or in their chest, maybe in their gut. And that energy, the energy of anger will always move up their body and into their head. So when a man has sort of moved into an aggressive space, generally it's because he's become energetically in the head, like overwhelmed and he can't articulate properly. He can't speak his boundaries. So we need to be able to to tune into where anger fits into us being able to feel like people are crossing our boundaries and where we need to put a boundary up. So for example, if you're on a date with a woman and she says something that is condescending or maybe she says something that's poking fun at you and you know, you're not coming from a reactive place of like, fuck, you don't say that. You're coming from a place of like, hey, that's not, that's not appropriate for me. You know, I'm like, maybe don't speak to me like that. Or maybe being able to set a boundary of like, that's not how I communicate in relationships. So those are good examples. We need to be able to feel into when anger is arising, because that's usually a place where a boundary is being crossed or a boundary is not being uh, implemented on our side.
0: So how do we begin with this cuz this is an interesting i almost see it as a as a technique or a or a system in place to help solve a lot of different issues in one's life mm-hmm. where do we begin with this idea in ourselves like when when or I should say how do we begin with understanding our boundaries mm. when do we recognize that we need a boundary so yeah, I'm hearing you is like when anger comes up, mm-hmm. right? That's one. Mm-hmm. But what what else? Like where do we know to, to use this to help us?
1: Yeah, good question. So when we're not producing the results that we want, that can be mentally, that can be physically, that can be within our work. So when we're not producing results that we want, that's probably a time to look at the boundaries that are around that, that specific area, right? So like, for example, morning routines is a big one for men, right? I, I see a ton of guys, like they think they seem to have this, this perspective that they just get their morning routine like dialed in and perfected that the rest of their life would magically fall into place.
0: Morning routines are hot right now.
1: Oh man. Yeah, they have been for a few years. And, like, and look, I, I'll admit, I got on the morning routine bandwagon for a long time and I think I spent just years trying everything under the sun, you know, trying to adhere to a very specific routine, you know, not adhering to anything. It was it was incredibly frustrating, but but I finally found a, a, a sweet spot along the way, and it was by
0: understanding my boundaries. And so, real quick, because now I'm yeah. curious, and if I'm curious, yeah. I know someone else listening is curious. Just give us what, what, what is your morning routine that's so that you've dialed in?
1: Yeah. So the morning routine works the now... Yeah, the morning routine now is wake up, drink a, a giant glass of water. It's usually about you know three quarters of a liter to a liter.
0: Now let's get real specific. Like alarm goes off. Yep. You arise from the bed.
1: There's no snooze. Usually no snooze. I will... Okay. There's no snooze. I will turn my alarm off. I'll usually lay in bed for anywhere from 60 to... Uh, like one to five minutes. And I will immediately... I will immediately think of a few things that I'm grateful for. One of the things that I started to notice is the main challenge that most people have is that as soon as they wake up, there are negative thoughts creeping in. Right? I don't want to fucking get out of bed. I'm not going to be able to go to the gym. God, I'm so tired. My back's sore. Like Whatever is there. And so we want to we wake up and start to reframe immediately. So I'll, I'll intentionally lay in bed and reframe thoughts and just think about like, okay, Yesterday, what did I love? Well, you know, I did a little extra journaling. I went for that run on the beach. Like, I'm grateful that, you know, you know, my wife's laying next to me right now. Like, whatever it is, I'll just find a few things that I'm grateful for. Then I'll get out of bed. Uh, I usually put on my comfortable pants, <laughs> which are, I mean, everyone should have a pair of comfortable pants from first thing in the morning. And then I'll walk out in the kitchen. I'll drink, like I said, about three quarters of a liter to a liter of filtered water. And then I have a, a little meditation space. Uh, in my apartment, and I have a meditation cushion there. And I'll go sit down and I will do anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes of breath work. And I have a few different styles of breath work that I do. Um, but breath work has become the staple that that I have found is the best way for me to wake up in the morning. So breath work, uh, I, I do a couple different styles, but some of it's Wim Hof, some of it's um some of it's just stuff that I've made up from from like Buddhist traditions, but generally it's something along the lines of a Wim Hof method. And at the very end of it, I'll do a little bit of a stretch and a workout. That's usually 10 to 15 minutes. And then I'll jump in the shower and a uh, hot shower for most of it. And then the last two minutes will be, last minute or two will be a cold shower.
0: Okay. What a morning <laughs> routine. Dan, that's intense.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. The, the breath work, I can't stress it enough. It's like, it is the best. I've tried everything. And for me, it's the best way to wake up in the morning. Like the absolute I love best. It. And then I love it. generally, my wife and I will sit and have coffee together once I'm, once I'm done my routine. Usually she's up by then. She's, she's made us coffee. And so we'll sit and sort of chat about what's on the agenda for the day for both of us in our companies.
0: And then, and then away we go. Cool. Okay, awesome. All right. I, wanna, I don't want to get too off track. That's okay. I, but I think that would probably be interesting for some people just to hear that. So now back to what we were saying about boundaries.
1: Yeah. So a lot of guys are trying to get healthy morning routines going. And the perception is, is that they have, they, they have bad discipline, right? The, the challenge is, is that most, most men, many men that I've worked with especially, actually have a dysfunctional relationship to discipline. And they view discipline as a punishment. And so maybe they've grown up in environments that were abusive, or there was a lot of aggressive anger that was directed towards them, or you know, anytime that they didn't do something right or proper, they were punished for it. And so, and that can carry through in their education system, etc. So a lot, of, a lot of young men actually see discipline as a punishment or something that they are incapable of acquiring. And one of the things that we need to do is reframe discipline from a punishment to a, a form of practice. And so when we want to do that, we, we have to look at the boundaries that we want to put in place for ourselves. So if you want to you know, find a great morning routine, then you need to set a boundary with yourself of, I'm going to try this for a certain period of time. Boundaries are like SMART goals, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. And so we want to have boundaries for ourselves that we know that we can adhere to. Most of, most of the time when a man is trying to set a boundary with himself for a morning routine, as an example, he'll do something that he knows he's not going to adhere to. So he's like, okay, I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning and I'm going to go for an hour-long workout and I'm going to meditate. And you know, this is coming from a guy that is for the last month has been staying up until 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning playing video games. Right? So he's setting himself up for complete failure. So the boundary that we want to set needs to be something that we know we can adhere to for a little, for a, a period of time, because we want to be able to uh, condition the mind neurologically to get comfortable with it. And we want to start to condition ourselves to have confidence that when we set a boundary with ourselves, like boundary, I'm not going to hit snooze anymore. I'm just going to stop doing that one thing. I'm going to set a boundary with myself it's going to be a hard no, and I just will not do it. That's a, that's, and sometimes you have to set rigid boundaries with yourselves. So again, this is about knowing the three types of boundaries. The porous boundaries, which are bad, like open boundaries. The rigid boundaries, which are the very firm and hard ones. And then this, the secure boundaries. So with things like morning routines, sometimes we have to set very rigid boundaries with ourselves in order to make progress. So that might mean, for example, that you say, okay, I'm gonna set a rigid boundary with myself that I'm not gonna hit snooze. I'm gonna set a rigid boundary with myself that when my alarm goes off at six o'clock in the morning, I'm I'm just gonna force myself out of bed. Even if that means that I roll out of bed onto the hard concrete floor, onto the hardwood floor, I'm just gonna do that. And when we can start to set those rigid boundaries with ourselves, then it creates some flexibility to train ourselves to move into a, a healthier space. But we have to be able to set those boundaries first. So I would say start with those, set some of those rigid boundaries, not as a punishment, but as something that you are practicing. You are practicing daily. You're going to fuck it up. You're going to fail. Some mornings you're still going to hit snooze anyway. And it's not about beating the shit out of yourself when you do it. It's about remembering that you are practicing getting in the habit of having healthier boundaries.
0: What do you think is the difference between a boundary and a habit? I think
1: the boundaries build habits. I, I think that as you reinforce boundaries over time that's what actually like that's what actually builds a proper habit so if you don't have healthy boundaries in place it's very hard to actually build the long-term habit because a habit is just something that we do over and over again repetitively and then it becomes something that is ingrained in our nervous system in our neurology and it becomes something that we have to think less about right you sort of move from this unconscious incompetence into a conscious competence space where you are able to do it properly and without necessarily a ton of effort and a ton of thinking. And boundaries allow for that to be possible.
0: Where do you think this relates to guys who are trying to get better with women in dating? Have you seen anyone that you've worked with or talked to where they're setting some specific boundaries in that arena?
1: Hundred percent, yeah. I think a lot of guys that are dating, they usually don't think about what their boundaries are with women, and so they are just sort of free balling it, right? It's like <laughs> they're just trying to figure shit out on the fly, and you know, maybe they've read some pickup stuff, or you know, they've they've read some books about how, or you know, they've they've tuned into our shows and they sort of listen to certain pieces, but the boundaries um, aren't necessarily in place. So I'll give you an example. I was working with a guy who was quite sensitive. And he had done a whole bunch of pickup stuff in the past and had done, you know, pickup trainings and and whatnot, and had sort of been taught that he needed to speak to women in a very specific way. And so he had kind of got into this rigid practice of speaking to women in a very specific way, but it, it didn't it didn't allow him to actually express himself properly. So he would get into these weird relationships with women that he felt like We're all about them and weren't about him at all. And so we started to set boundaries with him where I'd say, okay, out of the gates, set a boundary with yourself to share something personal. Just one thing. It doesn't have to be like this big open reveal about like something crazy from your childhood, but just set a boundary that you can share something about yourself. So for example, he loved mountain biking. So I was like, share that you like mountain biking, you know, like share that one thing. And so he started to set those types of boundaries and his communication opened up and he was able to connect with women better. I think another example is in the frequency of communication. Some guys don't have boundaries in terms of how often they're communicating with women and they're not setting the expectations of how frequently that they want to communicate with women. And that creates an immense amount of challenge because women are all about communication and the feminine is all about communication. And so if, if a man isn't setting the expectation for a woman of like, here's you know when I'm free, here's how frequently I'd like to communicate, here's how often you know I'd like to see you. If he's not setting some of those things up, then either the woman will start to try and dictate how frequently that happens, and then he can maybe build resentment because of that, or she will feel like she's not being led or guided. So she'll feel like she's lacking direction. So a man needs to be able to implement some of those boundaries very early on in dating. You know, maybe not sort of like first date type of thing, but but I think in the first couple of dates he should be able to start to set some of those boundaries. I think there's a ton of other ones that we could probably dive into as well.
0: Yeah, I mean I think when I'm hearing this, I imagine this is very relatable to the nice guy, right? The nice 100%. guy syndrome. There's probably a million and one boundaries that need to be set for guys who consider themselves nice guys who consider themselves people pleasers you know there's so much work to be done in inside of their brain inside of their mind and the actions that they're taking that is making them be the nice guy and not allowing them to get what they really want out of their life right where they think they're doing it right but it's not working out so well where we found out that the guy who's the nice guy doesn't get too far in in most areas of his life i'm sure you've heard a lot about this with with clients before it's a huge problem
1: 100% yeah yeah i mean i've i've done some uh dr robert glover and myself he wrote no more mr nice guy we've done a few workshops together and and we've chatted about this extensively and you know one of the things that he talks about is is a nice guy not asking for what he wants, not being able to receive what he wants. And so again, you can see that there's a lack of setting a boundary there, right? Not being able to set a boundary around what you maybe want to do on a date, not setting a boundary on how often you want to go on dates, not setting a boundary on you know, somebody staying over. And so a lot of men find themselves in situations when they haven't set a boundary up front of like, hey, you know, you can come over to my place, but you know, I, I would prefer that you don't stay over for the night. And all of a sudden they find themselves, men will find themselves in situations where they feel like a woman is invasive or intrusive simply because he hasn't actually set the boundary and communicated it in the first place. And so then she becomes the she becomes the reason why it's not working and and he'll pull away.
0: Right. And then that cycle just continues over and over and over. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And I think it shows up, you know, it shows up sexually as well, right? A lot of guys don't have boundaries when it comes to their thoughts and their minds. And so a lot of them struggle with things like performance anxiety, right? So a guy will get into a... He'll find himself, you know, on a second or third date or first date or, you know, whenever it's happening. And, and he's in a situation where he is wanting to be physically intimate with a woman or a guy, and this you know this voice will start to come up, and like, am I going to be good enough? Am I going to last long enough? Am I going to stay hard enough? And there's no boundaries in place with that part of their mind. There's no pushback. There's no you know being able to sort of say like that's enough. Yeah, I don't need you here right now, in place. And so that part just runs rampant, and they never sort of figure out why it's there, and it can actually escalate. And so boundaries need to be put in place as well when it comes to sex and intimacy, especially with our own
0: mindset. Yeah, exactly. This is great. How did you discover this? Is this your own or is this something you read somewhere and kind of made better over time? Or
1: So this is an amalgamation of a, a bunch of different things. So part of it is based off of attachment theory. And the, the, the name of the, of the author and the researcher is totally escaping me right now. But attachment theory basically tells you, you know, if you have an anxious attachment style, secure, or avoidant. And those different attachment styles often coincide with the types of boundaries that you set. The three types of boundaries have been around for a long time, um, and they have been put together by a bunch of different psychologists and, and therapists and, uh, and whatnot. And then I sort of mash that together with the shadow work that I do with men. Uh, and again, that's all based you know, on Carl Jung's work. And there's a, there's a bunch of different resources that, that men can read in terms of Jung's work. Yeah, I think Memories, Dreams, and Reflections is a good place to start. Or The Undiscovered Self is another great book that's fairly short they can read that talks a lot about these undiscovered parts of ourselves that are, that are sabotaging in relationships especially because they are wanting to be known. So those are probably
0: some good places to start cool that's awesome that's great now this is this has been very helpful and 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 very eye opening you know to hear it be spoken like this and to understand that we can use this concept to then move to a place where we are building better habits for ourselves and then go to a place where we're happy and and fulfilled with whatever goals we have so i feel like it's about understanding where Do we feel we lack, like if we're going to reverse engineer it, where are we lacking in our life? Where do we feel we would like improvement? What needs to be improved? Coming then back down to what habits need to be put in place to make that happen? And then what kind of boundaries need to be set to make it so these habits happen? Am I saying this correctly or am I, this is kind of my interpretation of what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah, that's a really great distillation of the process. You know, I think oftentimes guys are are looking at like, well, I want to build better habits. And I just want to get in the habit of doing the morning routine or, you know, whatever the case may be. And they're not looking at the the building blocks that go into putting those habits in place. So yeah, that's that's
0: great. I like it. That's awesome. So if guys want to join these weekends with you and want to listen to your podcast and just learn more from you, where would we direct them?
1: Yeah so you can go to either man talks on Instagram you can check out mantalks.com or conorbeaton.com. check out any of the weekends there and then on Facebook we've got a a community of guys it's about about 5000 guys in there it's a free community we have these types of conversations about everything from relationships and you know <laughs> sex and porn and finances and mindfulness and all that kind of stuff on there so they can check that out
0: Cool I love it a nice intimate personal development community for guys. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Connor, thank you so much for being here. Guys, check out his stuff. Check out Man Talks. It's on iTunes as well, I'm sure, probably all the rest of them Spotify, Stitcher. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, absolutely in your head. Yeah, great. So check that out. You can learn more from him and uh and Connor, this I know you're a, you're a wealth of information, so it'd be great to have you back on in the future and dive into another concept and see where we can go from there. But for now, that was fantastic. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Awesome, man. Thanks for having me.